The Nine Foot Night Killer Collective. Forged, not made. so much for coming on the podcast really appreciate taking the time yeah thank you for having me i'm excited yeah um what i like to do is i'd like to obviously get a bit of background have a story sort of told about the person that's coming on um obviously i have a deeper understanding than anyone uh, listening because uh i've been following uh, your career for a little while now but basically could you take us back to the beginning where were you born where did you grow up uh, what's the family look like when you're a kid were you into any sports or anything? Sort of bring us up to about high school level um, and touch on a few subjects uh, from your childhood. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I'm originally from Michigan. I grew up with three other siblings, so four of us total. I'm the youngest of four. Um, very involved in sports. We all were, uh, luckily, and everything. We've pretty much played everything that there is to play. from basketball, softball swimming, um, rowing in college, but it's always been a huge part. Sorry, I got dogs jumping around. Uh, who I am. Um, family dynamics. Unfortunately, I had the parents that got divorced before I can say probably kindergarten, but got back together for the kids. So in the aspect of not the best way, um, getting back together for the kids, it's one of those subjects that it's caused a lot of heartache I'd say for my uh, family members and I I left at my sisters did as well and kind of forced to grow up really quickly but luckily um, I have a family that very much so stays on the straight and narrow and still aced my classes my mom went to work in nights and it was just me and her in an apartment while my sisters uh, went back to college but really life was pretty much that dynamic sports school and then family obviously a little bit of a rocky road which many people are accustomed to that's the down and dirty did, you, though. did you have any family and any of the services or anything like that no 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 um i have one second cousin now that is a police officer but it's just those things i grew up wanting to do playing cops and robbers uh, all the time. I always was the cop. And it's funny because I've told this story many times, but I don't know why it, it sticks with me 100%. But I remember playing very young cops and robbers with like your little fake guns now. And um, my mom had told me, she was like, you can have fake guns and everything else, but don't grow up and be a cop, you know, just for the worried aspect. Not because she didn't like cops, but just to worry. And coincidentally, that's exactly what I did. And obviously, she's come around 100%. Um, but she worries, as anyone would. Yeah, of course. Of course. Were there uh, firearms uh, around when you were a child? Did uh, members of the family, like, shoot or comp do anything like that? No. The first time I shot, actually, anything outside of a BB gun was when I was 21, just about to apply for the academy. Like, well, I should probably figure this out. <laughs> Um, Michigan's those states that it's just not very big there. Like I'm in North Carolina now and everybody, it seems like, 
owns firearms and it just wasn't as big there wasn't very big in our family my um family that's left in michigan now they none of them own firearms which to each his own but definitely yeah. not my household so <laughs> obviously your, your whole family's into sports and stuff like that were you on any uh, teams in high school going up uh, as you said you went to college right you you went on to college so did you yes take, did you sports yes. in high school did that take you to college no, I wish. I was never that good. <laughs> I was a, a athlete. I was probably the best at practice. And for some reason, when it came to the games, it was never translated as well as I hoped it would. Um, I got really into swimming in high school and started doing that year round and managed the boys team just so I could continue swimming um, during the off season. But I, that was really the only sport that stuck with it. I played pretty much everything up to high school, and then swimming was there on out. And then um, I boxed in college during the summertime when I'd come home. I did a little bit of that, really, really enjoyed it, and rowed for one wow. don't, uh, hear, I haven't heard rowing much. I know uh, it was interesting. Um, I don't know if you've followed um, – CrossFit much, but uh, over the UK sanctional where they put all the athletes actually on the water was uh, I think it, some of them were like they're so used to being on a concept too. And someone says like we're going to put you in a yeah we're going to put you totally in a different. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, no, I've done CrossFit for the last I don't know probably five or six years, and that was one nice thing that translated perfectly with from rowing. I already knew that me the machine, but I was in college and. The first time that I was on the water, if you, the boat is off at all, smaller boats, which I was in a full pan, you can get easily stuck in the water, tears at your shoulders. So I have horrible memories of that. Yeah. A lot of fun. Did you, uh, so what did you go to college to do? What did you study when you were at college? Okay. Criminal justice. I didn't know for certain until the end of my freshman year that that's what I was going to do. Um. But you have to do a ton of so many gen eds and everything else. The first two college that I was at, I was at Grand Valley State. And um, I pretty much knew as soon as I took my first criminal justice course, I kind of just beat around was like, eh, this is really what I want to do. But of course, it was 100%. Oh, sure. Did you carry on doing sport? Did you take the rowing and the, and, and the up into college or did you start the fight? The rowing was the rowing was. Um, my sophomore year okay. of college, I did it. And then after that, I just ran marathons. I got into it because my older sister, who lives here with me now, got me into running since we weren't doing anything. And the freshman 15 is a real thing in college for sure. So um, yeah, I ended up completing four half marathons, two fulls, and got a little bit into triathlons before I really started getting into weightlifting, which is when I moved here. Yeah, because I see well, you tore your ACL, right? Yes, the first time okay. through the academy. Yeah, I was 20 through, and uh, we were actually doing kind of a CrossFit-style workout, and they had this, um, this like, I don't know why, 40-minute, like, do or die during our scat course, um, hand technique course, and they had to kill us for it, and it was, like, our last day of it, and I was about to start firearms that Monday, and this was a Thursday. And the last station of all the stations workout, there was like this rope and they wanted you to do a burpee, you know, go to the ground, put position, come up and then jump left over this rope. Well, 
I'm very into sports, but jumping has just never been my thing. So I knew when I saw that rope, I was like, that's not going to work for me. So I asked him, I'm like, can we, you know, do one foot then the other? Because I'm going to end up tripping over this rope. Of course, he had me lift my leg up to the top. I could lift my leg up and it just cleared it. And he's like, look, you can jump it. You'll be fine. So, of course, I was like, all right, cool. So I get through the whole workout. I'm killing myself. I get to the last 10 seconds of the 40-minute workout. I take one last jump, land wrong, and snap my ACL. And what's the first thing that he says? Oh, everybody going one foot in the other. That's what oh, you should have done, too. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be kidding. I mean, you can't blame it. It's a freak thing. But, um, yeah, I was told by Monday if I wanted to continue the academy, I had to be walking obviously crutches because I didn't know what I did I thought I just popped my knee out of place and um I got through two weeks of firearms it was popping in and out but they just gave me like a, a brace because they didn't know either got through it and then the MRI came back and they were like oh it's torn you're gonna have to go back through so I went and sat in the office for six months and then started back at day one again of a 20 yeah yeah because so, I, I noticed but, obviously that oh, well. you your sort of first thing back is a half marathon with your sister and you go out and like set a PB. Oh my gosh. Did you go that fa- that far back? Like <laughs> yeah. I think that... Yeah. Yeah, I did actually. I think that was one of the, the fastest ones that I did after it. And then CrossFit's what got me to break up the scar car, um, tissue that I had created because of having that brace, it caused my knee to not be able to fully extend back out. So I couldn't bottle it. I actually thought I could, never be able to squat all the way down especially past 90 degrees and um just over time i just broke up that scar too and uh i would 1000 percent say i'm faster everyone yeah. else despite I mean, acl but it's still it's just one of those things that some people think you can't come back from things that you want yeah you should give you a little robot one now stick a stick a fake one in there and you're good to go right yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah definitely so Functional fitness, then does that like does that come in at that phase? Do you do you know about it as a sport, or do you know about the methodology and all that, or are they talking about it when you go through the academy, or is that something that you like that comes afterwards? It came afterwards. Yeah, it was very very introduced uh, just mildly into it, just because there happened to be one of our instructors, PT instructors, was a CrossFit okay. athlete, and so he kind of sort of incorporated but not really. And I had heard of, I wish I had gotten on the CrossFit train back when it started because I mean, I'd be so much better of an athlete now. Um, but I really didn't know anything about it still yeah. at that time. Um, uh, obviously yours is, uh, your handles a fitness thing. Your sister's a fitness instructor as well, right? She owns right. a gym. Yep. It's a functional fitness. Uh, it's not a CrossFit right. gym, but you know, along the same line, everything else. But, um, she's that was what she went to school for in college and everything and that's what she does now yeah, you two are quite tight, it. right it appears that when it comes to like the family oh, yeah. you two appear together is it was it you that you're grouting together is it you and her yeah so growing up once i was cool enough to be a part of the crew <laughs> anyway um with because i definitely was not at first and they we look back now and we laugh because now they all come to me um but honestly my two sisters and I were extremely cro- uh, close growing up and I was close to my brother as well. He's the oldest, but just because of the age gap difference, we weren't as close. 
Um, but then once Jessica moved here in 2014, uh, we've gotten extremely close. We have three dogs and we live together. We just did our tiling project this weekend, which was yeah. so much fun. Uh, the, the sort of like, so going through the academy and stuff like that, what, what does that look like? Can you just give us a brief sort of uh, breakdown of how that looks like from, I don't know, being recruited into it and then the process of going through? Sure. Um, so just you talking about physically or just like yeah, everything? Just, you know, start at the beginning, how obviously you're a little girl, you're running around playing cops and robbers. Um, and then, right. you know, you go, you know, through high school and you get into college and stuff like that. And you decide you are going to do criminal justice. How does that manifest itself into you actually getting like badged? Like, how does that work? Yeah. So um, in Michigan at the time when I was going to apply anyway, they were not offering anyone to be sponsored uh, through to go through the academy, not being paid to go through the academy. So it was going to be one of those things that I pay another 10 grand, put myself through, hope to find a job in a year. Because if you don't, even if you've graduated, and this is common for most states, then your accreditation is no good. And you have to go back to the academy right. again. That being the case, I was already uh, interning at a police department at the time. And they told me, hey, go south. Because as soon as you do, you can be picked up and you'll be paid. So I heard good things about North Carolina South Carolina. And I applied anywhere that was going to pay me to go through, essentially. Um, just a matter of putting an application. It's a pretty big application. It's not 30, 40 pages everywhere you've ever lived, ever worked, all those kinds. Um, after that, you go do the physical test, you do a written test, polygraph, background investigation. Um, not everywhere has polygraphed, some states. Um, beyond that, you just give a start date, you go get started, um, they give you uniform pretty much the week before, and it's really, I'd say, like college in the aspect of the schoolwork, with just a lot of little bit of military style in between you know just with your lineups making sure everything's right obviously they're gonna mess with you a little bit make sure you really want to be there um but it's pretty much it's more now than it used to be more just like school at the end of the day but being in full uniform and just a little bit more structure okay what's um what's the uh what's the kennedy compound okay, that's my that's sister's what it's actually called is it yeah it's called the I kennedy like compound. I was like, it sounds it sounds like somewhere I need to go. <laughs> I don't know why, but it's... everybody the dog pound, especially because we have two dogs yeah. on the sign. Um, they come every day, like they have their own dog room because we've take uh, now that she's bought it, we blew out about five walls ourselves and took fifteen hundred square feet into about three thousand. Um, when she was renting before, we had drop down ceilings, a bunch of different rooms. We've taken all that out, and it's just one big space. But the dogs, of course, have their own okay. dog room. So I know that you've, uh, you know, you said you boxed there, and, and you found uh, functional fitness, which um, I think is incredible. Yep. But you, you've done a bit of powerlifting as well. Um, do you think that the powerlifting side of it in, is something that you sort of maintain, um, just because obviously strength being a base in the functional fitness? How is it that you ended up in doing that? Yeah, I think everybody who does any kind of Olympic lifting or if you do want to go down the road of functional fitness and you incorporate it in there, have to have a background of powerlifting. And I really wish 
that I had more of a background going into it because one, it's going to help you um, with all of your lifts and everything and your workouts, but it's also going to build up the muscles that you need in order to be able to do that appropriately because I've been down the road of being injured and that's why, you know, CrossFit gets such a bad name and everything. And even I have a problem with it. And now with a lot of gyms, because I was the person that was injured all the time because you're pushed to do things that you are just physically not ready to do because you don't have the strength yet or you don't have the form and you're pushed to do them. So powerlifting, I enjoy it more. It's a lot less strenuous on my shoulders. Uh, I still incorporate Olympic lifting into my cardio session, but as far as strength goes, uh, I just find it more fun. Plus, I'm always looking for ways to compete and powerlifting which is something more realistic. Um, for me personally yeah. to compete in. So firearms, like you said, you know, you, you've taken it upon yourself um, to go ahead and get some time with some firearms before the academy and this, that, and the other. What, obviously, I guess there is certain numbers like any training to hit as you go through it, which makes it somewhat competitive. And obviously you've got a competitive nature. So I'm sure you were trying to get competitive numbers even when you're trying to go through the academy. But how does it translate into you having your own firearms how and you like trying to go into a competitive shooting style um world yeah uh no definitely with competitive even the academy but it really when i decided that i was gonna go out for our swap team department that was when everything really amped up for me as i remember the first day of our training once i was um on the team and the what the things that we had to do i was like wait a minute we're gonna do what i mean you just do things that you've never done before like out of a moving car at targets like those are just things i hadn't ever done and um once i started to get into that world of shooting all the time you just get so addicted to it and then i wanted to push it even more um, because now I was at the point of being super comfortable, which yeah, I was comfortable and patrol without a doubt being with firearms, but now it's it's just become just like lifting and become fitness addict, like it's second nature to you. So um I decided once I found tactical games, I was like, this is two worlds. This is the competitive aspect that I was getting from functional fitness and doing competitions and shooting. So I want to train for this. And that's when I started doing some pistol comps and two gun comps just to get my skills up in order to go to the tactical games and hopefully do pretty yeah. well at how, it. How, how available is that in your sort of area? Like how many ranges or do you have to travel far? Is it like, is there a sort of a season that you have to follow to make sure you get in the, the right level of like reps with the right, I'm sort of like, you go to the tactical games here. So, you know, you're obviously not looking right. just to go on to the range on your own. Now, I'm not saying practice isn't important, but sometimes it's, it's good to take, like anything, any sport, it's sometimes good to put yourself against peers. Uh, oh, yeah. No, I wish people would come more with me. Um, I, I honestly, it's just a time that there aren't a lot of availability. Like my range that luckily I get to use with the department is about 45 minutes away. And when you start equating all the time, get there, loading up beforehand, breaking down, picking up the brass. I mean, you're, you're talking about a all day yeah. thing, realistic. Um, but they run the matches all year round. They go in the snow and everything else. So as far as this area, anyway, it's extremely available to compete every weekend if yeah. you want to. And have the money to do so, but a lot of people they just don't have the money to spend on that that kind of ammo. Yeah, and everything. it raises a good question. 
what's the sort of cost would you say the entry cost for someone that's going to say all right i'm actually going to make myself competitive in this yeah for tactical games specifically or any kind of competitive oh, well let's let's sort of work ourselves up as you did so you know you've got your own firearms at work etc you know that's fine but now you've yeah. made the conscious decision to start you know putting your own cash down putting your own money into ammo your weapons and stuff so how does that build up oh it's yeah i mean i've probably spent far too much money in the past year and a half i say since i really once i got on the team so about two years now um so if you just local gun like pistol comp whatever it's only 20 bucks it's no big deal basically you're paying to go out there spend time with people and paying a little bit for their paper targets no so that cost is extremely low now you're talking tactical games side just to get in and i love it don't get me wrong it's a two-day deal and it takes a lot to do it but you're looking at three hundred dollars at least just to do that and then you have you know staying if you're out of state or anything else but when it comes to the firearms pistol you can get away with anything from three to five hundred bucks but rifle especially if you're looking at an optic and everything then i mean i probably easily into mine three grand or so just in the rifle alone and then you've got the you've got the vest and you've got the belt and all these things you can get them cheap but i've always been a firm believer of you get yeah, what you pay by for cheap, by and expensive yeah, yeah yeah absolutely so um you come forward then to the tactical games and obviously you've got a a, a fantastic foundation um, in functional fitness and uh, and obviously working in the position you are and you've you've put in some effort. You've gone to the Tactical Games in your first season uh, and to sort of speak about it in reverse almost, you've played second, but I think you broke your foot. Am I right in saying you broke your foot? Is that... Yeah, I broke my foot the first time um, ju- about six weeks prior to the first Tactical Games. How did that and um, first time... What's that? How did that happen? Running. Stupid. I was just before work. So I get up. My shift starts at 6 a.m. when I um, the days I'm on. So I get up around 2, 2.30 in the morning and go and work out beforehand. And on Thursdays and Sundays are rest days or active recovery. So I decided, you know, in training for the tactical games, I'm going to go for a run. 4 a.m., got to the gym, started running, took a turn because I had um, new shoes a little bit higher than what I'm used to. And when my foot turned, it caught the side. And I guess it's an extremely common injury. And it's called like a dancer or something. I'm not sure. Uh, Jones fracture. That's what it is. And at the last metatarsal of my foot. Well, I've probably almost done that so many times. I can't tell you because I knew that familiar feeling. I just heard the larger crack. So I started trying uh, to, to continue and everything. I was like, Oh crap. I think I broke something. Um, went about halfway through the day of shift. And I was like, yeah, I think it's broken. Cause I was getting around on it. But at the same time, unfortunately, uh, I knew just from not being able to put any pressure on it, that it was definitely broke with a foot. It's not really a lot you can do. Did you feel you just invested so much that you were just going to go ahead and do it? Or is it just, let me, let me just go back here. Uh, you better believe I'm gonna fight until my body says no, no more. Which is about which is about two hours after this photo. Broken foot is coming along nicely. Just some motivation yeah. money to get you out there, get after it. 
holidays don't mean you stop pursuing your goals. So, I mean, obviously you've got a mindset that's going to push you on. Was it the fact that you'd invested or is it just that's who you are? Screw the broken foot. Oh, that's good. Weren't going to be able to keep. That was actually a couple hours after I found out that I broke it. <laughs> that I went. Out. I was like, yeah, I'll be fine. And to be honest with you, um, I didn't. I mean, when he put me in the boot, the walking boot, I was like, well, why can't I continue to lift and do everything else? So, pretty much, started running the first time I broke it. I kept everything the same. I just went lighter and was just super conscious about it, but. I mean, when I put the boot on and realized it was still going to hurt, and but I said, I, I can still walk around and do everything else. He's like, yeah, like, cool. Well, about four weeks out, he, um, the surgeon said, yeah, you're clear. You're good if you're not causing too much pain. And I was like, no, I'm fine, which is the same thing I did with the ACL in order to be able to be in the next academy. Probably took it off a little too early. Well, I got through the first, uh, that tactical game is just fine. And then, uh, yeah, I broke my foot again in November after that. That was in September. And then I, I, coincidentally, I, it didn't heal. It healed enough to get through it. And I didn't really realize it because I do have a little bit higher of a pain tolerance. Um, but I, I probably didn't appropriately let it heal the first. Yeah. With, so with the tactical games um, and, all, and all that sort of stuff, do do the people at work notice that that's something that you're doing? Is it something that comes up in conversation? I know, obviously, um, some of the stuff you talk about is uh, training, you know, across um, with the SWAT and things like that. Um, did that. Does that come up at all? Um, oh, yeah. No, they all they all love it. They didn't love when I broke my foot in Florida at the next tactical games. But at the same time, they didn't. They're not going to tell me to stop, nor would I listen. I mean. It's just competing's in my nature, and if I can do it, I, I'm going to. Um, but they all think it's great, and a lot of them just wish they had the motivation to do it. And the, I have gotten some people from um, my team and everything else at least out there doing more because I think it lacked a little bit of motivation over time. Life gets you know caught up, to, but see me out there doing it, and at least more people will come out and train with me. Or they're getting back into shooting more. Yeah, and I know obviously it's early days, and uh, and you've got to obviously what looks like what's going to be an incredible sort of tactical athlete's career ahead of you. What sort of thing do you think with your gym side and the shooting side that you're going to maybe move into a coaching element? You're going to bring that into something that you may do. Um, yeah, so with the gym, I, I've helped uh, Jessica out a good amount there just because I've been around it for so long. I mean, she taught me everything when she moved here that she knew about as far as bodybuilding. We started in that avenue and then with CrossFit and functional fitness and everything, we've we've been together, you know, for years doing this, uh, trained together. So I've helped her out. I don't do it a ton just because that's her full time job. But if she ever needs me to step in, that's no problem. Uh, firearms, I would love to when I feel that I'm good. Right now, I can go out there and I've helped many people, friends, family that want to go to the range and learn. I have no problem with doing that. But I, I would never feel comfortable to put on a course unless I felt like I was at that caliber. Mm. So if I get to that point where I'm at it. Absolutely. But otherwise, in the meantime, I'm down to just help people, help them improve for now. Cool. Do you, uh, so something, just something a little bit more lighthearted. People that uh, tend to ask us this kind of stuff. What kind of, uh, you're making your way out, uh, you've done your fizz for the day and you're making the way into the department. What have you got in the Yeti on the way into work? 
We'll, we'll light you up. Oh, I'm totally cheap about it. I just get like the local grocery store coffee. Yeah. Recently, I got some black um, black rifle coffee that was delicious. Yeah. But uh, honestly, I just usually make something on the way and then drink it or drink it when I get to the office or whatnot. Yeah, just lots of it. Yes. <laughs> All right, cool. Um, so obviously, we've like linked up over uh, social media um, and things like yeah. that what uh, you've obviously I, I see your platform and I see how you're how you're using it it's obviously an important part of what you do can you sort of explain to me there's a there's a post here and I think it might set give uh, give you a good base and it says surround yourself with people who make you better than you were yesterday and I just think it's such a positive message and you do use the platform quite heavily what is it you see yeah. that you can get from doing that oh well, I mean, I think that if you're the best person in the room at all times and you have absolutely uh, no room for growth, uh, who you surround yourself is really a definition of you at the end of the day. And uh, when you surround yourself with people that are either better than you or encourage you or tell you how it is for that matter and, you know, bring you down a notch if you need it, um, to me, it makes a difference, not only at work and how you hold yourself, but fitness, shooting, SWAT, anything like that. I love surrounding myself just with people who do those things because, yeah, I may be better than them at one thing, but they may be better at me than something else. And you're not going to grow if you don't put yourself with the right people. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I uh, just wondering, do you... Um... Do you listen to any podcasts or do you, uh, do you read any, are you reading anything good at the moment? I listen to a ton of podcasts. Um, I haven't in the last like month just because we've been doing home projects with this COVID madness. Um, but I'm just a, I'm a fanatic for any kind of documentary, but definitely like true crime or anything like that. I love it. I just think there's such a cool aspect of just real. Like this happened. Anytime a movie comes up, story i don't even care what it's about i will watch just because there's so much faith back actually your instagram stuff that you're talking about there's so much faith in the world that just sometimes the real this is actually how it is story to me it's just fascinating yeah absolutely i uh i was just gonna um ask you what do you think the future looks like for you as a tactical athlete what's your you know what's your goals um I don't know. I mean, right now I've got three Tesco games lined up. I've got the South Carolina one at the end of the month. Um, and then George, I'm sorry, and next month in May. And then Georgia is in June and North Carolina in September. But um, I want to keep riding out the Tesco games for now and see where that goes and do more little, you know, two gun matches and everything. But uh, I just, I love competing. I got to have, if I have a goal and something to shoot for, I'm always going to be motivated. But when I have that goal, it pushes that motivation to the next level. So we'll see what happens in the tactical games for now and local stuff. Yeah. For people who don't, uh, don't know what, what's the model for the tactical games? How, you know, what's the model of um, sort of the shape of its season? So basically what's oh. the structure? I know that they have skirmishes and then they have games. Yes. Skirmishes are still pretty new, and they're um, not around a ton yet. They're going to get big eventually, I'm sure. But they have they run an event about every six weeks, 
or so. It just depends. Um, they've been, yes, they've only been going for about two years and they've like tripled their events each year. So mm. I'm sure after this season, they'll probably next year do double the amount of events, but I think they have 10 or 12 events this one, this season for them. Mm. I can't remember for some. Yeah. It's interesting that obviously they, they continuously do them. Um, as opposed to I, the way I was seeing the model building, and, and maybe it is where they're going, was that they were going to have the skirmishes all year and then have the games once a year. But um, Oh, that would be interesting. Yeah, I could see that happening. So you would qualify through the skirmishes to come to the games type of thing. Right. Yeah, right now their final event in Florida again is going to be just if you qualify. Okay. And you qualify for that through the other uh, competitions in the year. Correct. Yep. Top three for those because the skirmishes right now are. So if I wanted to have skirmishes in North Carolina, I would just essentially affiliate just they use the CrossFit model. And I say that because they even said that in their email that we use the CrossFit model. And um, so I could do it right now. I could meet all the requirements, give them the money, call myself tactical game skirmish and go out here and run them all year long but then that money essentially is going to me whereas the games that's going to the people who put it on so that's probably why they're not doing it that way but i'm not sure okay that's cool if um if you were looking back now either at yourself when you were like starting out in all of this or you could give um, advice to someone who's who's looking to get into the sport or even someone um who's looking at um you know just be competitive what what words of advice would you give them? Oh, just self-motivation. I mean, that's really at the end of the day. I'm I'm the firm believer in just if I say I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do it. And I'm I'm kind of one of the one that jumps right on it no matter what. And it doesn't have to be like that for everybody, but I think that you have to find a sense of self-motivation either with work, fitness, nutrition, how you eat. Um shooting anything if you're not self-motivated and wanting it then it's not gonna happen but it's all a process of learning just like anything else when you first start it it's gonna be frustrating you're not gonna be very good at it um, with any either fitness or shooting but in time with practice I mean anybody can do this stuff absolutely um Megan thank you so much for taking the time I really really appreciate it it's been fantastic obviously getting the opportunity to speak to you um hopefully there's a lot more of this and a lot more interaction between uh, ourselves and, and what you're doing yeah absolutely thank you for having me it's been great thank you and i appreciate you taking the time to listen all our podcasts sit on the nine foot night killer collective soul feed forge not made and the jtap podcast take some time maybe listen to one of the other podcast series that you're not listening to and give us your feedback all these things only happen because of the nine foot night killer community And we really appreciate them. Thank you everybody for listening.